Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. Dylan Dreyer is the co-host of Third Hour of Today. She also serves as a weekday weather correspondent and regular co-host for the Today Show and Nightly News with Lester Holt. Dylan is the author of the Misty the Cloud children's book series, which helps kids understand and navigate their emotions. We hope you enjoy this delightful conversation we had with Dylan about weather, emotions, and raising her three boys. Well, Dylan, we are thrilled to have you on the podcast today. We're so excited about your book and so excited for you to share about it with our listeners. And we'd love for you to start with just telling us a little bit about yourself and your family and and your work as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on with you guys. I, I mean, I love to talk about the book, but I also love to talk about parenting. And I feel like it's two things I'm very familiar with at this point. <laughs> you asked me six years ago, if I could be a parent, I would have said, you're crazy. I don't even know how to babysit kids. So <laughs> incredible how things change. Yes. But yeah, so I'm a meteorologist. That's what my degree is in. I actually went to school for engineering Wow. and decided that I have liked meteorology more than engineering. And a lot of my credits transferred over. I never in a million years thought I would do anything on TV. I like to work in my own little space. I'm pretty shy. I don't love talking in front of people. And, you know, somehow my career just sort of took me to the Today Show. So I just sort of took it one step at a time and just followed what God gave me and and just kind of kept along the path. So now I, of course, never thought I'd make it to the Today Show, but now the (laughs) co-host, the power of the Today Show is even crazier, but it's so much fun. I've gotten to do so many different things, not just from a weather standpoint, but just interviewing celebrities and getting to meet people and help people by telling their story. And one dream I've always had, I'm also not a writer. Again, my brain kind of leads more towards science, but my husband is definitely the more creative one in our relationship. And he kind of tossed around this idea years and years ago to write this children's book about clouds. And I kind of handled the science side of things and he handled the creative side of things. And It was just a labor of love that we worked on for so, so long until we finally perfected it and came out with this book series. And we love this book series. Yes. Okay. But before you ask your book question, I have a really silly question about meteorology. We have been on kind of local news some, and I'm always astounded when the person who's doing the weather is standing in front of the blank screen pointing to the (laughs) accurate places. I've always wondered how you do that. How do you find the bright spot? It's something I perfected in Erie, Pennsylvania, market 143. (laughs) So in a smaller market where they expect you to not point in the right direction. (laughs) You know, now we don't actually use a green screen anymore because the Today Show has these just giant monitors that we love to use instead. They're touch screen, but they're not green screen. Yes. The thing that's weird with TV is you're always looking at yourself, you know, and it's like, yes, video, the story that's happening, but you're always looking at yourself. And by looking at yourself, you know where to move. Oh, yes. Just like if you're looking in the mirror, you know how to touch your hair so you can fix it. Right. It's reversed and backwards on camera, but 
you know, your brain gets used to it. That is fascinating. Okay, that was just a nerdy little question I had. Thanks for answering, Dylan. <laughs> I love that you got that question answered this morning. Yeah, me too. I love it. <laughs> well, back to the Sky High series. It's about how to deal with good days, bad days, and everything in between. They star Misty the Cloud and all kinds of adventures and emotions. And one line in the description reads this way. But with help from friends and family, Misty accepts that sometimes she's just going to be a little stormy Mm -hmm. and it will always pass. We love that. Yes. (laughs) And Dylan, as therapists, we talk so much about big emotions in kids Mm -hmm. and we're so excited about the messages in these books. What even inspired you to write them? Well, you know, it's funny because after the book came out and reading it to my kids so many times, I'm like, did I go into enough of an explainer of emotions? Did I explain how to get out of a funky mood enough. So I was like, I shouldn't read reviews or, you know, people's comments on Amazon. Cause it was like, Oh, this didn't really delve into emotions as much as I thought it would. And, you know, I disagree with that because I don't think you always have to solve emotions. Mm, I don't have to have a big way to get out of feeling grumpy. I think sometimes it's okay to think I don't feel that great right now. Everything's just sort of bothering me. I don't like my brother or sister. I don't, want to play with that toy. And then if you just stop and think for a second, oh, but I like that toy. That Mm. makes me happy. Maybe if I just play with that, I'll be happy again. You know, because I just feel like with three kids, especially my older two, they'll snap out of a mood like that. Whereas I'll hold a grudge, you know, or I need to talk it through with my husband or I need to have this big conversation about something, but kids can just turn on a dime. And I just wanted to say, don't forget, you kind of feel not great right now, but Give it a minute, take a deep breath, just find something else around you and you'll snap out of it. And I just wanted to keep it as simple as that. Yes, that is so good. Say, David, I love when you talk about how we linger longer with our emotions as adults than they do. So that's such a great point. And you've addressed this some, but if you had to say big picture what you hope kids and families gain from this book, what would you say? I think it's that kids, while we think these emotions are too big for them to understand, I think that they can at least acknowledge that they exist. Mm. I didn't grow up this way, but my husband did a little bit more so that when we first started dating, I was very much like, I'm upset about something. I want to close the door. You know, just give me my space. I don't want to talk about it right now. Where he is very much like, I want to go back to being best friends. So can we just talk about this and get it out of the way? It's like, fine, we'll talk about it. So we've kind of done that with our kids where, you know, Calvin just doesn't seem that happy. And it's like, hey, buddy, are you okay? no, what's wrong? I'm feeling a little emotional. I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> he's like, I didn't like the way that guy talked to daddy in the lobby of our building. And I was like, oh, you know, why? He's like, well, he was talking really loud and I just didn't like, you know, so mm. I think it's okay to give kids credit that they do know a lot about how they're feeling inside and yes. maybe they don't know what to do with it, but they have those feelings. So I just really wanted this series to explore emotions, because I feel like there's this weird parallel with emotions and weather. You know, there's so many descriptors for weather that we use to describe our feelings, you know, like in this particular book, you know, the first one I I talk about turbulence, you know, and, and that's kind of the basis behind a thunderstorm. Well, turbulent feelings inside also just feel like everything's all riled up, or we feel calm after a storm passes, you know, and we're feeling stormy, but afterwards, those stormy feelings go away, you know, so there was just this weird parallel between weather 
and emotions. And the more we talked it through, the more it was like this puzzle that we were putting together. So I like using metaphors a lot because I go to classrooms and I try to explain science, which can be complicated, but I try to explain it in a way that kids can understand. And I think it sort of works in the reverse too, trying to explain emotions by using weather as the metaphor is just kind of what we were going with. It's so great. In this season of the podcast, we're focusing on raising emotionally strong and worry-free kids. Which, by the way, Dylan, do you have three boys? Yes. <laughs> if you have not read David's book, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, we're going to send you a copy, but it's fantastic. You would love it. Coming in Please. the mail to you. Yes. I don't know the book, and I want to read it because I think everything right now is so girl-centric, which is great. I'm a female. I'm a female in science. I love promoting science for women, you know, because I was one of three girls in my graduating class at Rutgers for weather wow. in meteorology. But I have three boys and I think it's so important to raise them in just a different way, you know, than yes. maybe they were raised in other generations. I just think it's yes. so fun to empower them and to teach them to hold the door, you know, and ladies first, I kind of teach them old school little things that will just make them, you know, such cool boys. Yes. <laughs> well, you have got a book you're going to love heading your way. David wouldn't say that. So I thought I'd say that for him. You're well, kind. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, it is coming your way. And thinking even in that direction, we'd love to ask you just what's a favorite memory or story from growing up that shaped you into who you are? Oh boy. <laughs> if I had to think of an actual moment, you know, I grew up with two older brothers. So I think I just grew up in an environment that taught me how to be tough. I kind of had to, you know, show them that I could play too. I mean, they were five and seven years older than me and they would be outside playing baseball. And I remember my dad built this pitching machine. My dad was a mechanic. So he built this pitching machine. We also lived in the woods where you put acorns into the pitching machine. And if wow. you, my dad's theory was if you could hit an acorn, you can hit a baseball. That's and great. I played softball, so I could hit a softball because it's so much bigger. I think it was also my way of my dad, you know, getting us to go out in the yard and pick up a whole bunch of acorns, you know, and leaves That's and everything great. that goes <laughs> so I wanted to go outside and just play with my brothers and they would have me take the milk jug and that my dad would cut off the top of and I'd fill it up with acorns and I'd bring it over, you know, and it was always this like trying to impress my brothers kind of thing. But as I grew up, I realized that kind of gave me the strength to hold my own. Mm. I don't want to say I've spent my life proving myself, but I wasn't phased by the fact that I was one of three girls in my graduating class. I wasn't phased by the fact that I was getting into a career that was dominated by boys. It was like, oh, I just kind of did my thing. I was always true to myself and always did my thing. And I didn't care who was around. So I think just growing up with brothers in that kind of environment sort of helped me be that kind of person. Sounds like to be very resilient, too, in the midst of all of it. Yeah. And my parents were, you know, the type of parents, they didn't hold your hand through things. They didn't push us in school, like get your homework done or ace this test or, you know, you got to apply to a hundred different places for college. I mean, they just guided us in the right direction, but let us do everything really for ourselves, which mm -hmm. I think ended up being so great because we're all independent. We're self-sufficient. You know, we, we can hold our own. That's the word I kept thinking of. I'm sure it like created so much independence in you. Yeah. After college, I moved to Erie, Pennsylvania, living on my own for the first time ever. I had no money because I was making nothing. I went to a garage sale and found a cookbook and taught myself to cook because I couldn't <laughs> go out to eat. And it's, But I did that without thinking. It was just right. sort of those are the steps you had to take. Just figured it out. Yes. 
It's a new year, and we are so excited about what we have coming on the podcast in 2023. We have loved walking with you these past few years, and one of our goals this year is to get to know you better. We've put together a listener survey so we can learn how to better support your parenting journey. You can find it on the Raising Boys and Girls Instagram bio or go to raisingboysandgirls.com slash survey. We know your time is valuable, so thank you for spending a few moments sharing your thoughts with us. And as a bonus, when you complete the survey, you'll be entered to win a Raising Boys and Girls book library. We'll draw a winner on April 1st. Okay, well, if we switch to your kids and thinking about this whole concept of emotionally strong or worry-free, what are you trying to do to help instill that in them today? I let them figure out a lot of things on their own. Right. My husband and I both were there for them at any point. You know, if they just want to bury their head in our chest and cry it out, that's fine. I'll hold your hand. I let them crawl into bed at night because I know it's not going to last forever. My oldest already has stopped, you know, so the middle guy's doing it now and it's just we're there for them with so much love, but I'm also Calvin will come over and well, Ollie just took my toy. Well, Calvin just hit me. I'm like, guys, figure it out. Like, I don't care. Figure it out. (laughs) They realize it's not really the end of the world, but I just kind of let them, if somebody gets hurt, yes, you're going to get hurt because you're fighting. I mean, what do you expect? Like you're going to hit your head because you're jumping on the couch. Like I don't don't know what you think was going to happen. I don't know if it's good advice, but just dealing with the consequences after they happen. I mean, we'll always keep, if I'm not going to let them, you know, ride their scooter out into the street, they know they have to stop before they cross the street, but within the house in a contained environment, we kind of just let things happen and let them figure it out. Yes. Mm. Dylan, we'd also love to ask you, what is something looking back to your early years of parenting that you worried about as a parent that you wish you hadn't? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I would say the very, very early years of parenting, the early like months of parenting, I don't think you have to do that much with your baby. It's okay to just let them sit there. (laughs) I wish I took advantage of those moments where they were kind of just staring up at the sky or just quiet and didn't fill all those moments with, look at this toy. This is a cow. (laughs) You know, I wish I just let them chill and I would chill and maybe had gotten a little like, shut eye to be a better parent later in the day. So I think those first few months, you know, yes, tummy time, all that stuff is important, but I don't think you have to fill every single second of their day with like your voice. Yes, (laughs) that is a great reminder. So, okay, along those lines, what do you wish someone had said to you early on as you were starting the parenting journey? What do you wish someone had said? I'm sure somebody did say it, but that everything's going to be all right. Mm. You'll figure it out. I was so nervous because I have nieces and nephews, but they kind of were scattered out all over the country. So I didn't change a lot of diapers. I babysat, but the kids were older. I really didn't think I had that young baby maternal instinct. And within a week of having Calvin home, I feel like I became a pro. I knew I don't want to do it the way my mom does it or my mother-in-law does it. This is how I change his diaper, you know, and I know everything there is to know about changing diapers and everything about Calvin, you know, he's mine and I know it. It's also funny. I just said to my mom the other day, I'm like, mom, you are like full of crap with everything. (laughs) (laughs) Like the things I say to my kids, I don't know anything. Like I literally (laughs) make things up and I feel like you did that my whole life. Like we never really were in trouble. Any of the questions I had, I don't think you always knew the answer. You just kind of said things to me, you know. I notice I do that with my kids. And sometimes I just want to be like, I just don't know. 
I don't know. I noticed my husband and I, as soon as one of them get in trouble, like they do something so cute, we're stifling a laugh behind their back. It's not as serious as you think it should be. You know, it's, mm. it's a lot of fun. Mm. Yes. So true. When you look around you, what do you see other parents struggling with the most? I would say like schedules and time management, mm. you know, just working with a lot of the folks here at the Today Show. We all have kids kind of around the same age or a little bit older. I love dinner time. To me, that if I'm not traveling, I want to make sure I'm there at dinner with my boys and five o'clock is dinner time. And even if they're not that hungry, we sit down and eat at five o'clock because six o'clock is bath time. But it's me and now the three boys. My husband works in the evenings, but you know, on weekends, we all eat together at five o'clock still. And it's just such a special time. Silly things happen. Sometimes we'll turn on Alexa and we're singing songs while we're eating. There's no toys at the table. It's we're eating food and my boys love to eat and they will finish everything on their plate and we just have good conversations. Not everybody I know does a set dinner time or, you know, has that set schedule. The kids were up too late last night or the kids are doing this. And it's like, nope, 730, the kids are in bed. I'm just so strict with our schedule because I feel like even when we travel, if it's skewed an hour or so, you know, in either direction, I still think it's comforting to them to have that schedule. No, like, okay, as wild as things were today, as much ice cream as I ate today, it's 7.30. So, you know, we're going to get a book and brush our teeth and we're going to go to bed. I think it's kept my kids very calm. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Well, because we're in the business of emotions, one of the things that we talk so much about, which is part of why we love your book so much, is that kids are lacking self-regulation in ways we've never seen before, that they seem to be struggling more significantly. And so we talk a lot about helping kids and helping parents really arm themselves with truth. So kind of providing this foundation when emotions are tossing them around, turbulent. And so what is one truth for you as a parent that helps you kind of navigate all the different perils of parenting these days? I think one truth is knowing I've got a partner who's got my back. You know, Brian and I are really on the same page when it comes to raising our kids. And I think our parents, too, their grandparents, have picked up our vibe of the way we parent, which is great. So to me, it's knowing that I have the team of people who has the same ideals that I have and my husband has. Like even our nanny, she knows exactly our routine. She knows how we parent. She knows how we talk to the kids. And she emulates that. So I think it's really reassuring, especially, you know, sometimes I have to pick up and go cover a hurricane or I have to go, you know, just travel for several days at a time. And I I just know my boys are in good hands and they're comfortable too, because nothing changes that much in their surrounding. Mm. Yes. There is so much truth to that old African proverb. It really does take a village, doesn't it? Yes. It It does. does. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I loved hearing you talk earlier about how much your boys love food. I'm right there with them. And we like to end (laughs) with a fun food-related question. Two parts. So we want to ask you, queso or guacamole? And then what's your favorite kind of taco? Well, and let me throw in, because we're coming to speak in New York I don't, sometime soon, yes. in the next year, do a parenting seminar. So we would love to know where we need to go to get tacos yes, as we're we thinking would. about all of this. Give us a great recommendation yes. there. Okay. I'm going to think about that. First of all, I want to hear you guys speak. <laughs> That's so <laughs> kind. More information about that. So to answer your question, definitely guacamole. Great. Okay. I can just eat bowls of guac. Yes. And a crispy taco. Ooh. Like a traditional crispy with beef, cheese, lettuce, mm. tomato, olives. Like I love a little taco bar setup kind of thing. Yes. 
turn down a fish taco, but that doesn't count as a taco for me. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems different. Yes. And Playa Betty's in New York City. Playa um, Betty's. Hey, we need to write that down. Write I think down. I can remember that. That's a funny name. <laughs> Playa Betty's. Tacos and it's a fun atmosphere. Okay. I don't get out that much. <laughs> <laughs> Three young kids at home, so right. we don't have to explore like we used to. <laughs> yes. Well, Dylan, thank you. It is oh. delightful to get to talk with you. We just are so grateful for the light that you are to the world. Yes. Oh, God. Absolutely. So thank, you. Well, thank you so much. And again, thanks for giving me the time. It was so nice to talk with you. You too. It was a too. gift to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to click the follow button in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. To learn more about our parenting resources or to see if we're coming to a city near you, visit our website at RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.